This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week is a very special episode because not only am I talking to my partner in life, Aaron, but it is also our 15-year anniversary. I know it sounds cliche, but time has really passed by and there has been a lot of ups and downs along the way. Aaron and I have had a lot of outrageous dreams together and have even opened a few businesses that have either failed or our interest just fizzled. But through it all, we have been each other's constant support and today we're sharing our journey and what the last 15 years has been like. We answer some of the most asked questions we get such as, why aren't you married yet? And how do you keep a healthy relationship and support each other's dreams? So we sat down and answered some of these questions and also shared a few insights on what has gotten us through the tough times and the high times. Today, we're living in New York City where we continue to work in our day jobs while pursuing our dreams. I'm also really excited to reveal a few exciting news about the podcast and what's in store for the near future. On this episode, Anne and I discuss how to grow together through change and why you shouldn't settle for ordinary. This episode was so much fun for us, so I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Hey everyone, I'm with Aaron, and this is our very special anniversary episode together because today is actually our 15-year anniversary. Hey Aaron. Hi Debbie. Why do you think we live an offbeat life? Can you tell me about what you're doing now and what we're doing together that makes us have this offbeat lifestyle? I guess everybody could have some piece of the offbeat life in some sense, some more than others. But I think you've had some interest. I've had some interest that maybe weren't the norm. I was like a crazy martial art guy and you were a crazy artist in a way with your photography and all the other interests that we both had over the years. So that in and of itself is pretty interesting. Just a little background with Aaron and I. Aaron was a martial artist and he was a teacher for over, what, 12 or? 10 years, 13 years, something like that. 10 to 13 years, I don't remember exactly. He was doing that for over a decade and I was also a photographer. I did photojournalism and I traveled all over the world and he actually came with me to some of those shoots and we have done a lot of different things in our life and now it obviously it led us to this point where we are right now. Speaking of those photos, especially the more recent ones, I was sometimes the photographer on those when you were in the picture. I was the Instagram boyfriend loving every bit of it. (laughs) (laughs) He says that sarcastically, as many Instagram husbands and boyfriends do say that. One of the biggest questions that we usually get from people because we are now at 15 years together is what is our secret? Why and how were we able to stay together for this long? Just keeping communication and being open and honest with each other, being honest, even when it hurts sometimes. If I wasn't honest with you all the time and I was just lying all the time about even little things. And then one day it just all came out. That would be probably a lot harder for you to handle and take in than if I would just tell you the truth when things came up rather than keeping secrets and whatever. And plus, I'm too much of a big mouth to keep a secret anyway. And I'm a bad liar. So honesty is the only policy that seems to work well for me. 
I definitely agree with that. I think the reason why our relationship has gone on for this long is because we really don't hold anything back. We're very honest with each other. And I'm the type of person when I get really angry, I have to take it out. And sometimes I do take it out on you. And when I do get angry at you, I tend to just say it out loud. I don't keep that in myself. But then afterwards, I really don't have a lot of grudges that I hold because of that. I think for me, it's a healthy way to just discuss it, even angrily sometimes. For me, that's just how I deal with it. Sometimes I don't like heated stuff, and sometimes that happens with any relationship. But it's better to have it over with than holding grudges for days on end and stressing yourself out about stuff like that. But just live and let live, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Another big question that we got is that we've been together for 15 years and we're not married yet. What is our answer to that usually? I just focus more on what we have together than what we call it or any of those things. That and it's not on the to-do list, but maybe we'll put it on there one time (laughs) so we can get married or whatever. But truthfully, I always felt like it was more about how you treated each other and how you interacted with each other and how you loved each other than what you called each other. Because there's plenty of people that get married and they don't last a year or two. And then there's other people that have been together forever and they never even thought about those things. I think it's a personal decision. Everybody's got to make their own choice as to what they want to do and call their relationship. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I never grew up wanting to get married I remembered even as a teenager, I said to all of my friends and family, I don't want to get married. And then when I found Aaron, I still didn't want to. And we're at this point, we're at our 15 year anniversary. And we've talked about it, obviously, like with any relationship, we talk about kids and marriage. And if we do get married someday, we're fine with that. But if we never do, I think we're fine with that. At least I'm fine with that as well. I just was not the type of person who had this timeline for anything in my life. And I just looked for the things that I really loved. And as long as I had a fulfilled life with the things that I really loved to do, and I had someone beside me who supported me, who gave me their attention and love. I'm happy with that. And that's why I think we've lasted this long and we haven't gotten married yet because we've been pretty happy even without marriage, right? Not a bad answer. Come here, give me some sugar. (laughs) He liked that answer. That was a pretty good answer. (laughs) Thanks. Erin, what about our goals and our dreams? We've had a few of those in the past decade or more, and some of them worked out, some of them didn't. How do we usually take the first steps in order to achieve them? You just got to break up your goals. You know, I wouldn't say like I'm the most accomplished person, but I've definitely done a lot of things and I feel like I have accomplished a lot for me. And it just came down to definitely finding things you love and then Whatever it is that you want to do, just start working at it. Like break it up into little small goals and start doing it. One of my interests is real estate. And it's like, if you want to be a real estate sales agent, get your license. It's not necessarily my path, but if you wanted to do that, I would say start studying, start researching, start learning as much about it as you can, and then put it into concrete action. Like, what am I going to do this week? Take one thing, just one thing for this week, and then make sure you get it done. And then next week, pick another thing. And before you know it, you'll have two, three things in a month. Whereas like, instead of just wishing, dreaming, hoping, and putting things on the back burner, at least if you're making small progress, you're going to tend to put more focus and attention on that stuff. And it's going to make the progress even more rapid. So I don't even really worry about like, oh, did I get my goal today? Or what did I get done today? I 
give myself a lot of times like a weekly goal, just one thing to do. It could be something simple, like just organize my desk or clean up the house. It could be something simple like that. Or if it's like a life goal, I need to meet a lawyer so I can have representation with real estate deals or something, then I'll do that. It'll be one little thing, but at the end of the week, I've accomplished it. And it takes a lot of the pressure off and I don't beat myself up as much because I am a busy person and I got a full-time job and other things too. I got a pretty nice girlfriend, so I would want to keep her happy as well than just kind of do the work thing all the time and not pay attention to our relationship and the other interests that I have. And we also just make sure that we're keeping each other accountable. We always check in on each other. He asks me how things are going, and he also helps me with the podcast. I've helped a little bit along the way, but I still do next to no work on the podcast, but as far as like support system, I do have to take some credit there that I've definitely encouraged you with any of your goals. And if progress seems slow or things seem difficult, I was never like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is just not for you. If it was something that you wanted, I would always be the person that would just say, hey, what's the next step? How do we keep moving forward? Because we'll get to our goal eventually. You know, I think of it like you're trying to walk up a mountain. It's not going to happen after five or 10 steps. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take focus and dedication. And with that said, you have to keep on it. And that doesn't happen by beating yourself up constantly for the failures that you've had. You've got to keep moving forward. So I always try to ask you, what's your next step? What do you need to do? Oh, you have a problem? Okay, what do we do to solve it or move on to the next thing? And I think that's a really big reason also why we've stayed together for this long. So that's another answer for that question as well is because of the support we have for each other. And there has been a lot of times where some of the dreams and the goals we had were pretty outrageous at some point. And especially for me as a creative, Aaron is definitely not a creative. And even with the most outrageous things that I've thought of, and he has as well, we've kind of just gone along and supported each other. That has really helped our relationship a lot because we knew every step of the way we had somebody that was really there for us and had our back. Part of it is, I guess, you need to become a very secure person to support somebody else 100% in something. And it also takes trust. I remember that I felt like you were doing something that made me feel uncomfortable or I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential because you were doing great. I always saw that as not something that I needed to knock you down and not even that I needed to compete with you, but hey, if Debbie can do this, maybe I can work on something as well. It was never like a guilt thing for me where she's doing something, so I have to do something. If she's busy on the podcast, I could be perfectly happy taking a nap or I could be perfectly happy eating a dessert or doing whatever. I don't think it being a competition in that sense is very helpful but you do want to support the person, not be somebody that's envious or, oh, now Debbie's doing this and I'm going to make sure that I knock her down a peg if she's feeling too proud of what she's done. No, I think if anything, people lack a lot of pride in the sense that being proud of what you did, not necessarily pride in the sense that you need to knock other people down or show people how great you are. Pride in that, hey, I did this and I deserve the recognition for it. I really love that about Aaron because he is always really happy when I'm very excited about something and he's there through the whole entire journey. He supports me with everything and I hope I'm doing that with you as well. You do. You sometimes get on my nerves though, like if you check in a little too aggressively, but I mean, that's just kind of your personality style and sometimes it does. It's like, it gives me like a little wake up call sometimes that I might need it. 
every now and again because I tend to get complacent. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It happens to the best of us. It's even happened to you, I've heard, once in a while. Yes, it has. It's probably a rumor, but <laughs> it can happen to the best of us. But you know what it is? You got to ask yourself every couple of weeks, maybe like, hey, what have I done to accomplish my goal? If things seem slow, because I've definitely had a lot of setbacks with certain things. And some things were very slow for me, like coming together, especially if you have a full-time job, like I said before, and just a woman you want to keep happy. That takes a lot of time and effort, I've heard. So you really need to check in on yourself. You also need to check in on your partner. And I think it's important that you understand you're going to change. You're going to grow together. And if you're not both growing together, maybe one of you is going to feel like, oh, you know, I'm trying really hard, but the other person isn't. You always want to show that you're giving something, giving some effort, because if it's all just one-sided, then things seem a little more like I'm just carrying this person and they're not really doing their part. Like if one person's doing their dream right now, and maybe you're taking a backseat, just working the day job, then maybe the person that seems to be pulling a little more weight right now, maybe you need to do the extra things to kind of help out. Maybe you need to make the lunch for work, or maybe you need to clean the place. That's been me cleaning up. (laughs) I'm kidding. But you know, you get the point. You need to sometimes change roles in the sense of what you're doing to kind of help each other. She's got a deadline. I'm not asking her about like, hey, I really wanted to go on this hike. That stuff has got to take a back seat sometimes to whatever it is you're working on. There's been a lot of times where either I or Aaron had to really switch roles who was doing certain things in the household and just life in general, because sometimes you're just too busy for that. What does our average day usually look like? We get up, we go to work, you get home from work, you bum around a little bit, and then you work on the next thing you need to get done. Like you, you're doing the podcast, so after work, you're coming home. You're working on the podcast. That could be many things for you because I've seen you and know how hard you work at it. You'll be working on the website, editing the podcast itself, doing social media shares, creating the web pages, updating your Instagram feed and all of this. I'm probably just bumming on the couch or maybe even taking a nap, (laughs) but I'm there for moral support. But no, after you kind of kick back and you kind of decompress from the workday, I'm usually either trying to figure out like what my next step is to buy some properties or get them under contract or whatever it is. Or if I'm not even at that point, I'm trying to figure out how I can at least figure out what things might be worth value-wise and all these types of things. Whatever your next step is, that's what you got to do. If you want to be successful, you got to put in the time and effort, even after a work day. That definitely sums up our work day. So like Aaron says, we both still have our day job and it's really stressful because we're ABA therapists. We work with really young kids who have autism and there are certain situations where it's very mentally stressful for us as well. So when we come home, we usually have to decompress because we need to take that stress out, whether it's just laying in bed, going to our couch, watching Netflix, we get that out of our system. And then we start working on our passion project on the goals that we really want to do. That's eating some good food, eating some good food that Aaron usually cooks because I come home a little later than him sometimes. And then when I come home, I try to cook for him. But usually Aaron tries to do more of the work now because I have a little bit more of a busy schedule. But when he has a busy schedule, I do some of the work too. So like I said, it's a role reversal between the both of us. So there's no one here that feels like they're more important than the other. 
So that's another tip that we would like to give you is if you're in a relationship, don't be afraid to take a step back from the role that you have from each other. With all of the things that we've done with our lives, you've been a martial artist, I've been a photographer, we've even created different businesses together. What has been the worst advice that someone has said to us? That's a tough one because I tend to just forget that stuff. I mean, honestly, too, people I think have always been pretty supportive of me. For whatever reason, when I just say I'm going to do something, people never doubt it, I think. But if they did say something that was negative to me and they didn't think I could do something or they gave me bad advice, I would just forget it because it doesn't have a bearing on what I can accomplish because I've surprised myself in so many things. So why would I take some stranger or... Even somebody close to you that's maybe angry or irritated at a time, this is a hypothetical, I don't think it's ever happened to me, that says you can't do something or says you should do this or that, I just don't pay attention to that stuff. I focus on what I want, figure out how to get it, and then I go after it. I think for me, the worst advice I've ever gotten was maybe from people who are close to me, who even though they loved me, they didn't really understand this lifestyle that we were living And they just told me, why are you wasting your time on these things that you're doing? You should be staying at a nine to five job. You should be getting insurance. You should have your 401k. You should be getting married to Aaron. You should be having babies right now and just settle at a house and all of that. You know, the regular what many will call the American dream. And I've never had that lifestyle. I've always experimented with so many different things. Like I said, I was a photographer. I was an art teacher. I was a gallery manager. I traveled everywhere. And it just was not something that I can put myself into. And there was a time where I tried to do that. And I was just so miserable. I tried it. And it just wasn't for me. And I always felt like there was something more that I wanted. Yeah. You got to live life on your own terms because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you want to do with yourself. You know, like I wouldn't spend another day doing something that I'm not happy with if it's not contributing to the goal. Like, why wouldn't I just quit my day job tomorrow saying that? Well, the reason why is because it's giving me some of the things that I need aside from just money and whatever. There's skills you learn along the way too, but for sure you got to support yourself until your other things work out if that's what you eventually want to do. I don't know if I'll ever quit my day job. I'm not really in a hurry to do that. I'm not really concerned about it, but even if my other projects, they're doing well, I'm still going to probably work my day job because I enjoy it. So you got to live life on your own terms and figure out what it is that you want and go after it. I mean, I really feel like it's as simple as that. You just have to figure out what it is that you really want and it doesn't matter what other people say because at the end of the day, you're the one who has to live with yourself. And if you have regrets later on, that's the worst type of life that you can live. And if you can't live with yourself, that's even more horrible. And you don't want to be that type of person to be like, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Yeah, I think it's definitely helps if you're younger and you do that. But if you figure it out later... If you're trying to accomplish something that is going to take some time and effort and maybe you don't think you can do it, then take the smallest steps. Anything that makes you feel like you're getting closer to that goal, it's going to spark that creativity, imagination, and motivation. So don't spend another day wishing that you could be doing something that you really want. Just start doing it. Like Even if it's the littlest thing, just start doing it. That doesn't mean, okay, I got to quit my day job and move to Tahiti, but it means that When you get home, if you have some time, 
And if you don't have some time, make some time on the weekend. Say, hey, listen, I'm not going out this weekend. I just want to stay at home. I want to do a couple things. Pick one small thing. Just make it happen. Like, don't wait on it. Because the longer you wait, the harder it is. Change is something that's fluid. And if you're not doing it now, it's going to become like static later. You need to do it as soon as possible. What about productivity tip that has worked for us? What has that been for you? Lately, on my phone, I didn't even know I could do this or really thought to, but I think one of your guests actually said that I listened to the podcast (laughs) and I got this productivity tip and I just shut off the notifications on my email and I check it like once a day and that's it. If there's something important, like I know I have people depending on me, I'm going to check it more. Or if there's something in the queue, but if I'm getting ads for sporting goods or something for stocks or bonds or something, some ad like that, I'm not checking that stuff. Most of the time I'm deleting it anyway, but I'll delete it at the end of the day. I'm not going to spend my whole day checking emails when the notification comes up. I just turn that stuff off and forget about it. I stole that one, so I'll give one of mine. One thing that helps me motivation-wise, there's a certain exercise you can do. What I want you to do in order to do this exercise is basically just imagine the feeling of what it is that you want. Think about it as crystal clear, detailed as you can. And feel the emotion behind it because energy and motion is part of the motivation. It's what gets you off your butt because you can analyze things forever and you can always find more information. But what's going to get you off your butt to do things and be productive is getting that feeling of what it's like to accomplish the goal, relishing that feeling. And then as soon as before that feeling is gone, pick up something and start to do it towards that goal. For me, it was really learning when I'm at my most productive. I always thought that I would be at my most productive early in the morning because as you know, I wake up really early in the morning. But when I travel, especially when I'm on my own solo and I also work, I realized that I do wake up in the morning, but what makes me get up is to see the sights, to do sightseeing, to do my content creation. But when it comes down to the nitty and gritty stuff, like the editing of the podcast, doing the website, et cetera, et cetera, I am much more alert in the afternoon. So I think just finding when you are at your most alert is really the key to that. And obviously not getting distracted. I love that notification tip that you gave to Aaron and just feeling that motivation when you have that momentum, just keep at it. And as long as you're doing something every single day, even if it's just one thing, because what we usually tend to do is we put 10, 20, 30 different things on our list of to do's. And when we don't do any of it, we get really bummed out and you tend to feel really bad about everything, and that puts you back down again. So if you can just get one thing or even just put one or two things on your list every day and you do one of that, I think it's going to make you feel really good about yourself and it's going to make you want to do more than what was actually on your list. So maybe breaking down your list to maybe two or three things every day, especially too when you have a day job, when you're exhausted and you feel like you don't have the energy or the time to do the other things that you really want to do for your life goals, for the goals that you want for your dream job or career, it gets really hard. So that's one of the things that I've been able to do. You know what? You made me think of something actually, and maybe this can help elaborate the point. Whenever you get outside or whenever you're doing something where you're expending energy, especially if it's something like facing your fears, like, you know, I hate to run. 
And if I get up and run, you just know I'm going to get a lot done that day. If I do something that I don't feel like I'm good at and I actually accomplish it, I feel on fire. I feel like the conquering hero or something because (laughs) I did something that I was dreading basically. So if I get something out of the way that I'm dreading, even if it's something I know, like I know this is only going to take 20 minutes, but I'm just not looking forward to it. And if I get it done the rest of the day, I'm going to get everything done. Stop putting off the thing that you're afraid to do. Stop putting off the thing that you're procrastinating about that day. It could be something very simple, whatever it is. I usually tend to put those things off, especially when it's not about my podcast, especially things that I don't want to do. I usually tend to put those off, but definitely doing the harder things first will get you going (laughs) and it'll make you feel so much better about yourself. How were we able to finance this career that we have and how are we able to finance the dreams and the goals that we have to date. Having a day job, that's the way most people finance it. There's no investing or business without savings. So you got to get the money from somewhere. And if you don't have a rich uncle or somebody you can borrow money from to start a business, you have to get the money yourself. But I've heard other people say like, at least for a service business, you don't need a lot of money per se. If you're doing like editing on a computer, I mean, as long as you have a computer and you know how to edit, and you have the software to do it, that doesn't take a lot of money, but you can make good money doing podcast editing or something like that. And the same goes for any other services. Whereas like we've been in the product business before and sourcing products, wholesaling, things like that. It takes a lot more money. You know, it takes a lot more resources. So if you're struggling with money and you want to get a side hustle going and you don't have the money, then maybe a service gig would be good. But if you want to just take the traditional route and then kind of change gears later, Just get a day job that pays pretty well. And then in the background, doing your side hustle or your passion project. That's definitely what we have been doing. That's how we've been able to finance all of these different businesses that we've done is through our day job. So we are fortunate that we actually went to school for a job that wasn't a lot of money to go to school for, but paid us a lot of money. So we basically really have no debt. And we are coming out of this as financially stable and we're able to save our money and not feel like, oh my goodness, if tomorrow one of us loses our job or if we leave our job, we would be stranded. Obviously, we don't want to do that. Nobody wants to not have income coming in. But for me, my day job, of course, and now with the podcast, I'm slowly starting to get sponsorship and I'm able to get some gigs from it and money from that. So, you know, it's a slow process, but it's been a really good process. Now, the reason why I didn't use my social media really to create money is because I wanted it to be the things that I wanted to really put out there on my social media, the products and anything else that I wanted under to be something that I really believed in. And the reason how I was able to do that is because of my day job. I wasn't strapped for money. And now the podcast, this is where I'm monetizing it with sponsorships and affiliates and all of those things. So how I'm able to do that as well. This is also really exciting because I'm going to be starting posting at least once or more a month about companies that really give back 
some way, somehow. And whenever you purchase something from them, they're giving to somebody else. And the first company that we are going to be supporting, I should be having an image of that on our post on Instagram with Aaron and I, is a company that Aaron really believed in and he introduced me to. And I interviewed the founder of it, Gret Glyer, and his company is called Donor C. And Aaron found Gret when Gret first founded the company and it was first out and Aaron was donating some of his money on there because he really believed in it. Aaron, can you give us a little bit of a background of what Donorcy is and why it's important to both of us to really support this type of company? So it's basically like, I guess, what you would call peer-to-peer fundraising, where basically you'll have people that are in other countries that are charity workers, basically. And because everybody nowadays has a smartphone, they don't need to go through the big organizations. They just basically raise money through social media in a way. It's not on Facebook. It's not on Instagram in that sense. It's on their platform, Donorsee. But it's just an app where you could upload photos and videos of people that need help, explain their situation, and then you can actually see the results. Like I remember I helped buy somebody like a hearing aid and literally like four or five days later they had it and the kid could hear. So this is like a life-changing thing and was maybe 20 bucks for me, basically less than a dinner for the both of us and I could change somebody's life. So I thought that was really cool. And as far as I know, It's a self-sustaining platform where they use some of the proceeds just to keep it going. So that way they don't have to ask for fundraising from people. So it'll just keep going, which I think is amazing. This is really important to both of us because obviously you can see where your money is going. And there's a lot of charitable organizations out there that you can't do that. So this was exciting for the both of us. And also it's exciting for me as someone who's in social media and I do have some following, especially on Instagram. And I didn't want to use it as a platform for me to just show you watches and et cetera and et cetera. And it's great if you're making money with that. And obviously we all want to make money from what we're doing because we really work hard on social media and all of the platforms that we're in. But we thought it would also be really exciting for us to give back. And I don't want to just show you the great things that I can do, but also the great things that we can do together and we can give back. If you want more information on that, on Gret Glyer's company, you can definitely visit DonorC.com. And he will give you a lot of information. And just download the app on your phone. I know it's on iPhone. I don't know if it's on Android, but I assume it is. And I do know, I think they recently launched a desktop version. You can do it through your web browser on your phone or on your computer. It's definitely for a good cause. And the best part about it is to me is like, you could just see, like you donate money and in some cases a few days later, and if it's a bigger project, it could be a month, but they've built houses. They've done all these incredible things for people that are in poor countries. And, you know, you coming from a poor country, and although I didn't grow up really poor, my parents were poor. They tell me about the things that they had to go through. And there were some instances, there were rough times sometimes. So I'm not totally isolated from it, but just we would travel around and I would see it. As Aaron was saying, I lived in the Philippines. That's where I was born. I was there until I was around eight or nine. 
and I was surrounded by complete poverty. A lot of my family was in poverty. And that's one of the biggest things that I always talk about when people ask me who my biggest influence and who I really look up to is my family because they pretty much grew up having nothing and they raised up from that. And now we're in the United States. A lot of them are engineers in the medical field. So it's really inspiring for me to see that and for individuals to do that. And if we can even help somehow, that would be even incredible if we could do that together and to give back. But aside from these products that I'm going to be highlighting that gives back, I'm also going to start promoting my fellow content creators who have been coming out with these incredible products such as books and different items that they have put their sweat and blood in. And I really want to support them and highlight all the hard work that they've been doing. And I hope you guys will join me in doing this as well. Achieving our goals and our dreams is really hard. And there's a lot of obstacles that we go through, not just as a couple, but also as individuals. How do you usually deal with anxiety and stress when you're confronted by it? I would take like two ways to tackle that is one, if you're like really stressed out that day, I would go do some exercise. I would either do some resistance training Rock climbing is fun lately, so you know I do that a lot. Martial arts, I've always been into that. That's something that I can help relieve stress. Maybe you don't want to get out, you're tired that day, watch some movies and anything to do where you can decompress from the day like we usually do at the end of the workday if we need it. But on a more long-term approach, be honest with yourself. Like, what do you really want? Is what you're doing really worth it? Are you giving up on something because it's just difficult? Or is it not something you really want at all? Like, to do something because it's difficult is fine. And I like to challenge myself and see how far I can go with things. But if it's just you're doing it just because, maybe that's not really a reason. I think in having clear goals will help you be honest about what you really want. Everybody says, oh, I want to make a million dollars or whatever. And it's like, do you need that? Is that what you really want? For me, I think time is more important than making tons and tons of money, but you need money. So you have to find that balance of the money you want to make and the time you want to have. It's different for everybody. Decompressing after a long day with exercise or maybe zoning out, watching some TV, but in a long-term sense... I definitely want to make sure that I'm honest with what I want out of life so that I'm not after a few months or even a year looking back and say, you know what? I just wasted an entire year or a few months going after something that I really didn't want. But even then, if you did that and you figured out where you want to go, it wasn't a waste. So just be honest with yourself so that you can make that pivot when the time is right. And for me, it's really hard to do that because There's a lot of times there's definitely anxiety, especially when you're trying to fulfill goals and you have these big dreams. And sometimes you just get these feelings that you don't know where they're coming from. Or you see someone doing really well and you're comparing yourself and we all are definitely guilty with that. And I'm still struggling with this, with feeling anxiety, feeling like I'm not doing enough, even though I'm doing too much. And it's definitely a day-to-day thing, but definitely decompressing and just not having anything in my mind and doing something that's, I know a lot of people say don't watch television or don't do this and that, but I feel like sometimes we need that. We need something that's not going to make us think about what's happening so that we can just let it all go. And sometimes it's music, sometimes it's TV, sometimes it's 
I don't know, playing an instrument, whatever it is that will make you get to that point, just do it. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. It's different with everybody. For me, I definitely struggle with that still. If any of you have any sort of tips, let me know. Send it my way. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and we're looking back at our life. What do you think you want your legacy to be? Oh, probably some kids. (laughs) You ready for that? No, I'm not. You will be ready for that. He keeps telling me that. But even aside from that, obviously family is a big part of anybody's legacy. So you want to leave that behind and leave them in a good situation. And that's not just talking about money. That's probably part of it. But you want to raise your kids right. And we're fortunate that we get to try all our stuff out on other people's kids before we try it on ours. But no, I mean, we've been working with kids so long that we really know how to utilize the skills that we learned in a way that's supportive of children that'll help them grow in a positive way. So they're independent, they're smart, they're not afraid to be challenged and go after things. That would definitely be part of my legacy. Even teaching kids would be part of my legacy. It's definitely something that I love to do. And if there's any way I can help even more kids, I want to keep doing that. And a nice real estate empire would probably be nice too. (laughs) For me, I think I want my legacy to be being able to connect and help as many people as I can. And just making sure that I was able to live my life to the fullest so that when we do have children, when we do have a family, they can see that this is the woman who created them and who is their mom or grandmother, that she was able to do all of these things. And it's also possible for them to be able to create a life that they really love as well. And just to have that type of life where My children and my grandchildren would be like, oh my gosh, if grandma can do this, then I could be as badass as her as well. And I also love connecting people. I want to connect as many of my friends and people that I meet to each other, however I can help them as much as possible. I'm stealing your answer. (laughs) Of course he is. We're going to get to the fun question part. What do we nerd out on? We both nerd out on hiking. We love to hike. So Aaron and I actually, most of the time when we travel, we choose destinations because of where we can hike and do outdoorsy stuff. But what else do we nerd out on? Lately, it's been rock climbing. I'd say even for you, as much as you say you hate it, you really secretly love it because you'll tell me afterwards, like, When I'm not watching you or critiquing your climbing, you'll go, hey, I just did this V3 on the uh, course over here because you're very proud of yourself in that. So we're both nerding out on that. I can nerd out on TV every once in a while, but I'm a big YouTube nerd. I'm always watching all kinds of YouTube videos. And I love nerding out on martial arts, of course, even though I haven't been practicing as much as I like lately. I still nerd out on this stuff. I watch videos on martial arts all the time, too. The rock climbing. It's a love-hate relationship for me. He definitely loves it. So for me, I think the reason why I did not take to it as much as Aaron is because of failure, right? This is my big thing. I hate to fail like most of us. And with rock climbing, you fail a lot, That's one of the things I think that I've been learning so much. And I'm really thankful for this new activity that we've been doing. We've been doing it for a few months and some of our friends actually introduced us to it. We've been wanting to do it before, but they finally dragged us to this. So that's Esther and Jacob. Thank you guys for doing this. It has really shown me so much about failure and 
being able to keep going and not letting that stop you in your tracks. So this is also allowing me to put that in other parts of my life, which has been really great. It's a love-hate relationship, but it's becoming more love than hate slowly, but... (laughs) I showed you that toe hook on the one and you were like, giddy, you were like, I did it. And all you had to do was put your foot around a wall. Yes, that's true. (laughs) If you haven't tried rock climbing, I would suggest you try it. It's a lot of fun, and maybe you'll learn a life lesson like I have, too. You want to tell them where we go so they can meet us there? If you want to come hang out with us, if you're in New York City, we go to Brooklyn Boulders. Queensbridge, Brooklyn Boulders. We hang out there a few times a week, and if you're by or around the area, let us know. Send us a little message. Maybe we'll meet you there. If we were given a one-minute ad slot in the Super Bowl with the potential to reach millions, what should we fill it with? I would definitely need to take time to like figure out exactly what the message would be in terms of the content itself, but in terms of what the mission of it was, self-empowerment. Figure out how to get people to where they want to be. Like some call to action where you're going to get off your butt and make your life better. And it doesn't have to be this crazy, oh, I'm on a mission from God type thing. It's just, what can you do today to make your life better? And then start doing that. And if I could help in any way, that's what I would try to do with it. And of course, I would plug the podcast, which my mission for this podcast is to also inspire other people. That's why I've been interviewing inspiring people. And I would plug the podcast too. (laughs) Am I just stealing all of your answers? (laughs) Yes, you are. Of course. I'm used to that. (laughs) What has been the most unusual job we've ever had and what did we learn from it? Unusual job. Martial arts in some ways, if you're in it, it doesn't seem that weird, but people are always fascinated (laughs) by it. In some sense, maybe it's martial arts. Probably that was the most interesting or unusual because it's just not every day that People meet somebody that's a martial artist, I guess. For me, there has been two. Because like I said, I've had a few. And I've experimented with a lot of jobs. So the first job that was pretty, not strange, but what I had to do at that job was pretty unusual. My title was gallery manager. So before I became a photojournalist, I assisted in a lot of galleries here in New York City. And I ended up getting a job as a gallery manager for this one company. And I became also an assistant to the owner. And I will not say who it is, but one of the things that he wanted me to do was to clean his retainers. And that's when I realized (laughs) that this was not the job for me. And also it made me realize what kind of a boss I wanted to be in the future. I would not let anyone do that. And I certainly didn't want to do that. And also it's really demeaning work. When he told me to do that, I was like, see ya, this is not worth it. And I learned a lot from that, even though the job really sucked. What type of a business person and what type of person in general I wanted to be and how you treat your employees. Devster, clean my retainers. (laughs) And the second unusual job, I don't know how unusual it is, but as a photojournalist, Aaron traveled with me a few times and he can vouch for this because he was in one of the shoots that I was doing in the Middle East. 
to do a photo shoot with one of the NGOs and we were about to go to Palestine and the night before we were supposed to go, there were bombings. They closed off the border and we weren't able to go. We ended up going to Sinai in Egypt. Now we were both pretty wary at that situation because we didn't know where exactly we were and we didn't know who the person is who was supposed to be our guide. And we went there, someone met us, and it was pretty sketchy because there were no tourists, obviously, because we're up in the mountains where tourists were not there for. And But the biggest thing I learned from it is the misconceptions you have, because that was probably one of the most eye-opening experiences we both had had with the culture in general and travel in general is because we thought we were in the Middle East, these people were going to be really aggressive, and we were up in the mountains, and they were truly one of the best people that we met while we were traveling. They took us into their homes. We were in the mayor's home. We were in the doctor's home. They explained to us their culture. We talked about politics. We talked about life in general. And we've had one of the best discussions that we've had while we were traveling. And then I even went in to homes where we both didn't know the language and we kind of just used hand gestures to do that. So it was pretty interesting. It was definitely an interesting experience that we learned a lot from. That's my unusual one. What are we working on today that's really exciting for us? I have my real estate projects that I'm working on. Basically just learning the business and now I'm starting to execute some of the things that I've learned. I'm not going to get into too much details, but basically just learning how to sell is a big part of it. Learning how to connect with people. And I'm definitely really good at that. Although this interview is probably not the best example of that. I'm probably not coming off too slick. But I've always been able to connect with people pretty well because I genuinely have an interest in what they're all about. I find people to be fascinating. You do. And Aaron likes to talk to a lot of people. That's why they love him. Sometimes he talks a little too much, but we love you anyways. It cuts both ways. People either love or hate me. <laughs> I just talk way too much sometimes and other times maybe not that much. But I'd rather be too outgoing than just be introverted and be on the side because that was how I used to be. And you changed. <laughs> For me, what I'm really excited about is a lot of things with the podcast. For the extended interview, I'm also going to be releasing them now. And they're not just something that you can opt in for. But in order for you to be able to listen to them, you would have to wait for a few months in order to get them. So if you want to get the for example, our extended interview for this podcast on how to support your partner and their dreams. If you want to listen to that, you have to opt into it. But if you wait, it's going to be a few months. This week, I am releasing the first extended interview, and I'm really excited with that. And it has been really exciting for me to finally put this out there. And then also doing the post on social media about companies that give back that we really support and we really, really believe in. So I'm very much excited about that as well. And a lot of exciting things for us that's happening, trips and with our work wise, we'll definitely keep you posted with that as well. Yes. <laughs> If you guys want to know more about us, you can go to the website, theoffbeatlife.com. And you can also find the podcast and me and Aaron on Instagram. Aaron really doesn't have any social media except maybe for Facebook. And he doesn't go there. So you would have to reach out to me if you want to reach out to Aaron. 
because he doesn't go really on social media. So you can find me at The Offbeat Life on Instagram. You can also find me Offbeat Tracker on Instagram. And for Facebook, it's The OB Life. Thank you, Aaron, for joining me for this interview and happy 15 year anniversary. It's been definitely an adventure with you these last 15 years. I agree 100%. It's been quite the journey. I didn't think I'd be doing this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Happy 15 years. <laughs> huh. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Aaron and I. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get our tips on how to support your partner and their dreams.